Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And of course, as always, I am your host, John June. What is going on, y'all? Really appreciate y'all coming in, checking us out. The Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. If you're new to it, uh, welcome. Gonna enjoy the the ride. I, I know you will. Confident in that. But anyway, um, back to the rookie stuff today. Last week we took a break from that. Um, you know, had David Gatiri come in, my guy. Talk about the tight end landscape. I call him the tight end whisperer. He doesn't claim it though, but I, I'm still gonna call him that uh, because he he knows his stuff when it comes to the tight end position. So. Definitely want to go back and listen to that episode. Going to want to break that down. Um, you know, hear that breakdown from Dave, from David, because uh, my man made some compelling points there, uh, especially one uh, which could be seen as controversial. But, uh, you know, the more and more I think about it, David was bringing the heat, but Travis Kelsey is the 101. You got to go listen to it and hear the case if you haven't heard it. But, um, Anyway, like I said, uh, back to the rookie stuff today. We covered the wide receivers with Kevin Colvin, Kevin Coleman of Hammercast. Um, broke down the position. I also gave out my top five wide receivers um, as well. So that was also a, a wonderful breakdown. Definitely want to check that out if you haven't listened to it. And then the week before that also broke down quarterbacks. So I uh, broke down my top five quarterbacks. Um, definitely want to check that out as well. But as we said, continuing to roll through with these rookies, uh, breaking down the running back position, man. And uh, obviously next week we wrap it up with tight ends. But anyway, the running back position, um, it's it's really one of those positions where, you know, obviously we, we can form an opinion about a player. Uh, we, can, we can really love what we see on film. Um, but at the end of the day, the draft capital is really – gonna drive uh that that you know the predictive value of 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 whether this running back is going to succeed in the nfl um and whether that they're gonna have impact in fantasy and um you know draft capital is the most predictive uh variable when it comes to predicting how successful these running backs are going to be uh in the nfl i mean um obviously there are situations where you don't want to overstate that that value um you know i I just know personally for me and i'm just you know being transparent here because i do want to be transparent with you all uh with my process and whatnot uh but you know last year i had jonathan taylor you know really going into the season as my top as my top uh rookie running back um you know and last year was my first year working with model data and um you know Clyde ends up as, according to my model, the highest graded guy because he he ends up as a first round pick. And I don't know if you um, if you guys were listening at the time, but Clyde was my model did not like Clyde at all. Really, uh, it wasn't until he got that draft capital that he really vaulted to the top of the list. And so uh, I put a little bit too much weight into that. And then conversely, uh, you know, looking at it the other side of the spectrum. You look at a guy like James Robinson, who, from a dynasty perspective, people are are talking about selling him because he has that undrafted free agency. He doesn't have, 
the that draft capital associated with him and the reason why that draft capital is so important right because the team makes this investment in a player um you know first round pick that's the best investment that you can make in a player that's the highest investment that you can make in a draft in, in terms of drafting a player and so um when those players that are you know that have that um that label of being a first round pick or you know or even sometimes a second round pick uh they have you know they get you know, a, a longer leash per se, uh, more opportunities to make mistakes, uh, or they get opportunities to be the starter right away. Uh, and so you look at the running back position, it's obviously a position where um, it has the shortest learning curve. Um, you know, running backs kind of come into the league, they hit the ground running, uh, you know, they peak very early, and then, you know, they their careers don't really uh last as long as 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 their as their peers at other positions so um you know i say that to say the draft capital is really going to uh be an important variable that we get in april when it comes to figuring out where these players uh kind of kind of slot in from a from a rookie perspective a rookie a running back dynasty perspective when we when we decide to rank them right but what i'm going to do now is rank them as i see them as players um you know giving my top five uh as i see them as players based on you know watching obviously some film you guys know i'm not, i don't necessarily have the time to sit here and break down games and games of film but i do like to get my eyes on these guys to kind of see what it is get a feel for them as players but also modeling through the data uh right now just using college production along with uh listed heights and weights um and you know basically coming up with with uh an idea of how successful these guys will be within the first three years of their career so um obviously as i've mentioned before Without combine data, uh, that does change my process a little bit um, in terms of the modeling of the data. But you know, have some plans in in place to adjust for those things. Um, and also, uh, recently added because again, transparency moment here. Uh, my when I first built the running back model last year, it did not ha- include or look at uh, receptions, um, which I you know. I uh, decided to add now. I thought that that would be something that's important because it was something that I referenced. I thought it was important. So I wanted to add some form of the, um, you know, an idea of, of, of that work, their work as receivers. So, um, you know, that's exciting for me to continue to learn from my process and continue to kind of improve it. Because um, at the end of the day, that's what we should be doing um, just with anything that we're doing, right? So, um you know, without further ado, let's just jump into this top five. Uh, starting with the RB1, I'm going to go with Najee Harris, man. A running back from Alabama. Uh, listed at 6'2", 230 pounds. Harris is a load. Uh, he's got amazing speed and, and, and really good foot quickness for his size as well. Um, he's racked up 3,843 total yards in college. 57 touchdowns, 80 receptions, and in a span of a four-year career. Uh, Harris is a little bit of a breakout, a little bit of a later breakout at the position um, by our standards with terms of breakout age, but uh, he's a bit older at 23. 
Uh, he's an every down back that can be used as a receiver and a pass blocker. Uh, has a ton of talent, and I, I think that you know, I'm, it's you know, you, you watch this guy. I mean, I'm not. This is not a hot take by any chance, but this guy will walk onto an NFL team and, and be their workhorse from day one. Um, you know, really curious to see where this guy will go, but the impact will be felt uh, from day one. Uh, whether you're in a dynasty league or you're in a redraft league. Uh, Najee Harris will will bring back value almost immediately. Uh, so I would be excited to get some Najee Harris. Um, obviously, you know, people always, it's always a debate. Do you go wide receiver, wide receiver or running back when you're picking at the top of the draft? If, you know, um, if you're picking up, if you're picking these one quarterback leagues, um, you know, for me, it really comes down. I mean, most people will say this. I think any good um, analyst who's giving you advice from you know about your dynasty roster, your fantasy roster, would tell you that it depends on your roster construction. Um, you know, uh, a guy like Najee Harris. I mean, if you're a team that's ready to win right now, and and you've got uh, you know a hole at running back. You know, not you know, maybe you just need one more back or something. Najee Harris can come in right away and and be a contributor from day one, and so I think provides that value. Um, but at the same time, if I had a team that maybe I'm I'm not contending, uh, maybe uh, I'm a, I'm a year away, and you know, I just want to add some talent to my team. Uh, a guy like Jamar Chase would be probably make what would make more sense to pull the trigger he's younger Najee Harris is 23 uh, if your team is maybe two years away or three years away uh, Najee Harris is already uh, 26 at that point so you know he's already used up most of his prime or some of some of his prime at to say the least but at the end of the day he'll, he'd be on his way down there so uh, just you know thinking about it like that uh, thinking about looking at your roster, trying to figure out what kind of team it is that you have uh, to kind of make that decision there. But um, yeah, Najee Harris is definitely not a bad pick at all. Uh, but my RB2 here is going to be uh, Travis Etienne, the running back from Clemson, man. He played all four years, uh, you know, has a 19-year-old breakout age, uh, which was a true freshman. He's an absolute stud, man. I've loved this kid for years. Uh, explosive at 5'10", 205 pounds. Uh, he's used all uh, all over the field, used in the passing game, uh, in in the screen game, even downfield. Uh, ETN at Clemson gained uh, almost 5,000 total yards, had 78 touchdowns, 102 receptions. I do not expect... ETN to make it out of the second round. Uh, I think he should be uh, a day one contributor, especially if he ends up on a team with a good offense, um, you know, a good a good head coach, or I mean, a good offensive mind, uh, you know, some a team that's going to really really utilize him and and really play to his strengths. Um, you know, maybe he ends up you know forming some kind of committee, uh, but you know, I think that he could he could really make an impact. I mean. I, I don't know why this one came into my head a couple weeks ago, but um, just thinking about Travis Etienne in Buffalo, 
uh, with Josh Allen and, and in that offense with how they use their running backs uh, in the pass game sometimes and in the screen game. Uh, and Travis Etienne would add some real juice to that to that Bills offense. And and you know I really that really pains me to, to really think like that. But um you know if I'm thinking for Travis Etienne, obviously as a Jets fan I don't want to see Travis Etienne or the on the on the Buffalo Bills or the Buffalo Bills getting better. But anyway, Travis Etienne in that offense would be just a scary thought. So uh really like that idea there uh, of Travis Etienne in Buffalo. But, I, you know, it's just a dream of mine. Who knows if it'll if it'll happen. But if it does, you know where you heard it. But anyway, uh the RB3, uh, my RB3 uh, is Javante Williams, a uh, big physical back from the University of North Carolina, uh, listed at 5'11", 220 pounds. And now he looks like a bruiser. Uh, but this man is nimble for his size, has good vision, good fit, uh, good foot quickness uh, necessary to find find daylight, and he will power through uh, arm tackles. But if you give him a crease, he's got the speed to rip off these chunk gains, man. And so I also like that Williams has experience in the past game as well, 50 total receptions in 34 career games. Uh, in his final season, though, he he accumulated almost 1,500 yards from scrimmage, 25 touchdowns. Uh, and t- or 25 total receptions and 22 total touchdowns in 11 games. So, um, <clears throat> you know, almost half his career receptions coming uh, just last year. So showing some improvement there. Uh, he did this all by sharing a backfield with another talented back and Michael Carter. So uh, that that was, you know, impressive that he's able to, to, to get this production while sharing this backfield. And I also honestly feel like, you know, I threw this out there, but Pittsburgh and maybe even Miami, you know, two teams that are potentially looking for a workhorse. Uh, and, and so, you know, there's, I think, potential here with Javante Williams. He probably won't be highly drafted um, just because, you know, teams don't really invest a lot at the running back position unless, you know, they're, they're really special. Uh, the, you know, players really special. We're going to look at Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott, uh, Todd Gurley. So, you know, uh Christian McCaffrey so it, it, it's not that common a guy like Javante Williams you know maybe he's a, a second or third round pick um, you know wouldn't be surprised to see him be be a fourth round pick but uh, anyway you know it's all about opportunity with a guy like him you know if he ends up in a situation similar to you know where James Robinson's found himself uh, then I think we have a, a day one you know, a quality day one asset on our hands. But, you know, if he ends up as this in, in like New England, right, that, you know, that's not really exciting because, you know, he's a part of a committee and you're going to have to guess when he's going to play, you know, outside of like, um, I forgot, oh, Damian Williams or even Sony Michelle if he's still back there or whatever. But anyway, so you, you get my point here with, with Javante Williams. So curious to see where he ends up uh, because that's going to be huge for him. Um, but my RB4 here, Michael Carter, the teammate of Javante Williams that I, I previously mentioned, uh, but this is the other running back from the University of North Carolina. He stands at 5'8", 208 pounds. Uh, and when when I watch him on film, man, he's explosive. He's got great vision. Uh, also, just so elusive. Some of these cuts that this guy is able to make. Um, and you know, he he's shorter, but again, he's compact at five uh, two two hundred eight pounds, standing at five eight. Um, and and he and Williams split this backfield the last two years. But uh, Carter, being the senior prospect, uh, had his best year in his senior season. 
um, more than 1,500 yards from scrimmage, 25 receptions, 11 touchdowns in, in the, sa- the same 11 games as Javante Williams. Uh, I think Carter's the type of prospect that would really excel uh, with a great offensive staff, one that would uh, be able to get him out in space. He's got the ability to, to really create yards, uh, create those extra yards and make big plays. And so I really like his potential here and I'm excited to see where he lands. Um, you know, I'm not going to really compare him to this player. I'm just saying that, you know, if I if I were to, you know, scheme up the perfect spot for uh, a guy like Michael Carter to go and, and how I think he could be utilized um it would be how the Saints use Alvin Kamara, you know, uh, as a receiving back, uh, the, you know, getting him out in space. Uh, I think that Michael Carter has some of those same those same skills, maybe not the same talent level of an Alvin Kamara, but uh, definitely some of that same skill set. And so I really like a guy like Michael Carter because, uh, you know, maybe doesn't have uh, the ability to be the workhorse. Um but has the this floor here as as you know you know having the ability to be used in the passing game to be able to provide some production to you uh so even if it is a second uh or or a third round rookie pick um you know if you're able to get Michael Carter for that cheap I think he's definitely worth the investment there um you know especially because especially with, you know with Javante Williams getting so much hype uh, you know, as the as the more hyped, uh, you know, prospect. At least that's what I I've read and noticed. So, um, RB five here for me. Uh, this was really tough here to pick my last guy because it came down to two guys here, uh, Chuba Hubbard or Kenny Gainwell. You know, in the end, I I did give it to Kenny Gainwell. It really came down to a floor and a ceiling here. Uh, yes, I think Chubba Hubbard has, you know, the floor. He has that ability to be productive. Um, but I, I did give it, edge it out here to Kenny Gainwell. But again, this all could change on draft day. Um, but Gainwell from the University of Memphis, uh, listed at 5'11", 195 pounds, did not play in the 2020 season uh, due to opting out uh, for COVID. So, uh, we only really have his sophomore year to go off of, uh, which was his first full season as a running back. He had over 2,000 yards from scrimmage, 600 of which came by uh, by way of receiving uh, on 50 on 51 catches. Also scored 16 total touchdowns. And then you watch his film uh, in 2019. This guy was lined up all over the, all over the field, whether it was in the backfield, uh, as a wing, uh, as a slot receiver. Um, you know, so. I, I do like the versatility there. He doesn't have, you know, it's not like he's he has great hands or, or he was a special route runner or anything. But just having, uh, but at you know, just ha- at the minimum to have that that receiving ability uh, to ha- to be able to be involved in the pass game, uh, which while also continuing to make strides as a running back, I think that you know that's something that I look for in players. Uh, you know, in running backs, you know, if they can have that floor, that ability to just be able to catch the ball, to be able to, you know, to, you know, they were just being used to getting out in a route, uh, presenting yourself as a target to the quarterback, 
catching the football, just repetition of doing that over and over and over again. Um, you know, you're just, you may not be the best at it, but you just have that, that given ability. So, you know, knowing that you can be, uh, you know, in PPR leagues, have that floor, I think is something that I would definitely want in players. And so Kenny Gainwell has that, but also has this special ability as a runner, right? Uh, he was a former high school quarterback, uh, you know, against lost a year, well, you know, chose to set, sit out a year due to COVID. Uh, and so between a position switch and, and opting out, he really only has one year of college production. Uh, so, and that one year was really good. Again, he, you know, he's so good in the open field, has great balance. And then, uh, you know, if you, you just really think about him in the right situation, I mean, he was so good. He kept Antonio Gibson as a part-time player and, and look how good he was in, in the NFL in year one. Um, so Kenny Gainwell, I mean, yes, I do want him to see, I do want to see him, you know, maybe put a little bit more weight on, uh, cause you know, 5'11", 195 for the BMI folks. Uh, that's not going to be great, but again, to have this versatility here, um, you know, he's he's definitely going to, um, you know, he's he's definitely going to have an impact here with this versatility. Uh, you know, I know you you guys know me if you if you've been listening for a while. Former high school quarterback, I have a I have a you know I have this thing about players that play multiple positions have versatility. Uh, Kenny Gainwell fits that, and look, man, if he's anything. Uh, that's what we, you know, we really harped on with, with Antonio Gibson last year with, uh, with AG. The fact that he had this receiving ability and we're like, hey, let's just bet on this receiving ability. Uh, let him learn the position as a running back. He has the, the athleticism to do so. And so Kenny Gainwell, same thing here. So uh, RB5 here, again, could change depending on what happens on draft day. Uh, but I think... Uh, you know, as we look at the running back position, it's very important not to just, you know, be stuck on a take or just have take lock about the position or about a player, um, you know, because at the end of the day, this draft capital is really going to matter. Um, but also, as I let off with the, at the beginning of the show, don't let it skew you by that much. Right. And I say that like, you know, if you really like if I really liked Jonathan Taylor and uh, you know, he goes in the second round and, uh, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who I, you know, I liked, but I didn't love goes in the first round. I mean, yes, that does make somewhat of a difference, but in, when you really look at it, they were, they were really picked like less than 10 picks apart. So is it really that big of a difference? Was there, is there that much of a difference in the investment made in, in Jonathan Taylor and, and, in Jonathan Taylor than the one made in Clyde Edwards Alaire. I mean, yeah, the contract structure is a little bit different, but at the end of the day, you know, a first round pick, a late first round pick is almost the same thing as an early second round pick. And, you know, those players were taken in those spots for the same reasons. So, you know, don't let it really skew your decision making that much. Take it in, take the data point in, analyze it. But what's the context of it really? Um, and, and, you know, to that same point, if you really like a guy like James Robinson and I, and I wasn't on James Robinson, I'm just saying, but, um, you know, if I really like, 
a guy like Kenny Gainwell, and let's say Kenny Gainwell goes undrafted, which it probably won't happen. I don't think it will happen. But anyway, let's say he does. Like, I'm not going to just say, well, I'm not going to get any shares of Kenny Gainwell because he didn't get drafted. I'm going to, you know, if anything, I'm just going to get him at a cheaper price, at a cheaper cost. Uh, than I would have had he been drafted, right? Because information is what's going to really drive this this draft, these these draft prices, uh, information, uh, most important piece of information at this running back position will be the draft capital. So um, just some things to think about there. Uh, but like I said, next week we will cover tight ends. I also have a guest coming on, uh, which we will discuss. Um, we'll discuss some stuff. I'm not going to spoil it for y'all. Uh, y'all got to come back for that. But anyway, uh, really appreciate y'all for listening. Really appreciate y'all for uh, sticking with us in this off offseason, uh, even though we're doing one time a week. Um, but again, continuing to roll this stuff out. Free agencies coming up. We're uh, less than two weeks away from that. So we'll be getting there. We'll be getting to it soon. That should be fun. Talk about some free some guys in free agency and how how their their potential moves may impact their value. So you know, we'll cover it all throughout the uh the fantasy season. Um but everyone again, appreciate y'all. Stay safe. Be kind to one another. Stay focused on the mission and we are out.